Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Kimball Livestock Exchange and Sioux Nation in Fort Pier. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest is Farmers National Company Senior Vice President of Real Estate Operations, Randy Dickhut. He'll be retiring at the end of September 2022. We'll hear from him after this. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, chat at 605-870-0697, or wade at 605-730-1801. Randy, when it comes to agriculture land sales, you've seen a lot of ups and downs through your time with Farmers National. Let's first just kind of touch on what have you been seeing this year? The last few years have been unique as far as, you know, the global economy and things going on. What have you been seeing in the U.S. the past few months? The past oh, 12, 15 months or a little more with a you know, major run-up or increase in land prices about any ag state. North Dakota, South Dakota saw some, you know, large increases, whether it's USDA reporting on average land values or what we as Farmers National did internally or other sources, you know, Federal Reserve districts and stuff. So, you know, some some very big increases um, kind of end of 2021, first months of 2022. And since that kind of early spring uh, sales season, get into the summertime, Land values, not a, you know, not a lot of farm sell, uh, but then land values are pretty steady. As we get into here, pre-harvest, get into post-harvest, we think you know we'll see steady. Uh, there's still good um, aggressive bidding uh, for good land, and we're seeing strong prices continue. We haven't seen any pullback unless it's on the lower quality type land. Who's buying? Is it our smaller farmers? Is it our larger farm operations? Is it people wanting land so that they can leave the big city and come out and do some hunting and relaxing? Or what kind of combination are we seeing there? It has changed. You know, during COVID, you saw people in near large urban areas wanting to have that acreage out in the country and move out. So around those East Coast, some of the other urban areas in the Midwest, you saw some of that. Of course, that's abated some. Um, who's you know if it's good cropland comes up for sale. Farmers are the number one buyers. Uh, they buy sixty to eighty percent of what comes up for sale, uh, depending on the area and stuff. Um, secondly, it'd be some individual investors probably locally uh, live there that own some land, want to buy some as investment, have the capital to do that. Uh, you know, as far as farmers buying, it's you know the ones with the capital or the ability to, you know, borrow to, to buy that. Or there's older farmers that have built up the equity that are buying uh, and stuff too. And then in some states where it's allowed, there are uh, investment funds, you know, buying some land or new type of arrangements, kind of partnerships, buying some land. But those are, you know, in certain states only. And some of those funds back out when the prices get so strong and stuff. Or if most of the sales are happening through auction uh, instead of a private treaty listing. Are you noticing any segments of the U.S. where there seems to be more land selling this year than others? That will vary by the state or region within the state and by the year. You know, over the past you know, five, six years we've had Nebraska was real active in sales and Iowa a little slower than Iowa 
gosh, last year in 2021, they had a lot of sales uh, happening and bled over some into this year, um, but it's, it's still active. Uh, one time, North South Dakota were very slow uh, a couple of years ago, and they've uh, picked up in the pace too. So it just kind of rotates around. Um, Eastern Corn Belt tends to be the slowest, uh, less land changes hands for some reasons in the open market um, than kind of Iowa and north and west sometimes. So it just it just kind of rotates around different areas. Price per acre. Uh, when we're talking cropland, pasture land, obviously those are going to be different rates. But over the last few years, as you think back, what are some of those uh, dollars per acre numbers that, you know, land is selling for? We've seen guys months ago now, you know, $12,000 an acre sale in eastern North Dakota, you know, just way higher than than it had been in the past. And of course, it just takes two bidding on a property and a specific one that they both want. And, you know, that's not the average sale price. So as you know, it it can be like Northwest Iowa, where where there's $26,000 in acre sales. It's because more than one person wants that and they want it bad enough that they'll bid up for it. So that's real estate for you, land sales and auctions. But, you know, we've seen some $21,500 in acre sales in Illinois. We've seen 13, 14, 15,000 more or more in Nebraska. Uh, South Dakota has been strong. So you hear about the real high ones, you know, a lot of land sales for less than that especially with lower quality. So it's uh, just generally been stronger and we're kind of really watching it going forward from now. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, AeroQuip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. Is inflation playing a role here now in recent ag land sales, you know, the last six-ish months or so? Or is land pretty solid and doesn't necessarily ebb and flow quite as much with inflation as, okay. as, as you know, some other goods and services? Well, it's kind of a generally accepted principle, I guess you would call it, that a real as- uh, investment in a real asset or owning a real estate property, whether it's commercial, uh, a house, or um, not so much sometimes mortgage rates going up, but in farmland specifically are considered inflation hedges. So some people are, you know, those investors that are uh, watching the stock market worried about that. Um, may put some money into farmland. You know, it's a long-term inflation hedge. Uh, guys, statistics and, and analysis that I've seen and some universities have, have uh, put out is that uh, land will return or appreciate over time from one and a half to three percent above the rate of inflation during that extended time period. So people look to farmland as an inflation hedge. And so I think some are probably right now. 
As you think back, you know, over, over the years that you've been working with uh, Farmers National Company and, and looking at land sales numbers, can you think of any particular sale or event or year or situation that kind of stands out to you as being super unique or, or <laughs> unusual, whether it be unique good or unique bad? <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, the previous run-up in land values, you know, brought in 2012, 2013, as we handled a lot more sales because there were more farms being sold as that price went up and saw the same thing, you know, last year, uh, more farms being sold, uh, not quite to the same level as that, but still more than we've seen for the last four or five years and at higher prices and the aggressive bidding. So these two run-ups that, you know, earlier in the 2000s and this current one of, you know, all kind of been historic in my mind and uh, going up sure beats the, uh, uh, farm crisis years of the 80s when it dropped 50%. Time to pull out your crystal ball and uh, <laughs> look at what you maybe see coming or see starting to, to happen you know, as we finish out 2022 harvest season and, and move into 2023. The big question is, you know, what, what will be the effect of interest rates? And with farmland, uh, it's somewhat different than in residential. We know when mortgage rates go up on residential loans, that that does start to impact that price of that home. Uh, usually drives it down some, which we've seen. Uh, number of buyers, you know, become more cautious, few less, you know, not as aggressive in that purchasing and stuff. Farmland, we haven't seen that much yet. It's it's a little bit different. Those uh, interest rates are somewhat different. Typically, people have to put more down uh, payment for farmland than a house. Uh, so you're not borrowing quite as much typically uh, percentage-wise. But what everybody's watching is, you know, how far and how fast will those uh, interest rates go up and will that translate into those fixed longer-term mortgage rates for farmland? You know, it's not a one-to-one -one, uh, correlation, but if if those mortgage rates go up on land, then it will start to, um, you know, put some hesitancy and for some buyers uh, getting that loan and, you know, probably a little less aggressive bidding, but hasn't happened too much yet, but we'll be watching it. With Agriculture In-Depth brought to you by Sioux Nation in Fort Pierre and by Kimball Livestock Exchange, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.